This is Joseph Lanius, of founding partner of Lanius Law & Associates, and I'm here ready to talk with John Hewlett. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. So excited to have each and every one of you with us today. And as you heard from the introduction, I have Joseph Lanius with us. Joseph, how are you? Very well. Very well. Thanks for having me on today, John. I really appreciate it. You bet. You bet. And folks, you may be wondering, okay, who is this Joseph guy and why is he on the show? I'm glad you asked. Now, Joseph, as he said, is the founding partner of Lanius Law & Associates. So that's right. He is an attorney. But he has a very specific kind of law that he practices. He is in the entertainment industry. He is in Los Angeles, California. And so he practices law related to the entertainment industry, which we are going to get so into in this interview. I cannot wait to understand that better. But he does that. Uh, in fact, I want to make sure I read this correctly. As you all know, I go for my hot little notes here. Now, his law firm is a boutique firm that focuses on bringing together independent films. So that's kind of his niche. His niche, depending upon how you say that, uh, is independent films. In fact, he's also, in addition to being an attorney, he's also a film executive producer. And he's produced... I believe 13 films since 2019, which blows my mind that you could have done that many in three years, but you have, with many, many more in pre-production right now. And with all those accolades and all the wonderful things that go along with that, he has two other titles I am certain he holds very dear, and that is husband and dad. That's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. Okay. Well, listen, Joseph, you got to help me out here. I know a little bit about your background from your wife, Alia, who has been on this show before. So for those of you who have not heard my interview with her, you have to hear that. She is an amazing lady. She's, she raps, by the way. Yeah, she's much more exciting than me. <laughs> <laughs> she, brings, she brings all the energy, which is great. That's why I love her. Uh, she does. She brings a lot of energy. That's very true. It's hard not to like your wife. I can't imagine a scenario where somebody wouldn't. So, but... All these different things that you do, man. I mean, I'm just thinking about this list of things that you have expertise in. It just, it boggles my mind. You have expertise in financing for motion pictures. Uh, first of all, I don't know how you know that from being an attorney, but that's, again, you can tell us about that. <laughs> sure. Um, production legal. I assume that's the legal side of production. Mm. Uh, domestic and international distribution. That has to be of the films, which, of course, from a marketing perspective, really intrigues me. Uh, there's the financing and pitch strategies, which I would, I definitely want to hit on those because that definitely mm. can apply to those of us who are entrepreneurs. Sure. Yeah. Depending upon what your industry and in, you've got to know about financing those dreams and how to pitch those things to other people. And then you've got development legal and then who doesn't need to know more about balancing budgets. <laughs> so, so take us back a little bit, if you would, Joseph, because I mean, did you just decide when you were a kid, you just knew you wanted to be an attorney? Um, how, how did you get to where you are today? No, quite, quite far from, from that. Uh, 
You know, yeah, I wasn't one. Um, I guess growing up, I am originally from a small little East Texas town mm-hmm. of about uh, 10,000 strong. So, uh, you know, it was one of those everybody knew everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. So quite a bit different from the, the, the area of L.A. Um, but, yeah, you know, I was more, much more into sports when I was growing up. And, you know, I always liked the arts as far as music and movies, but, you know, it was definitely more, more of it on the athlete side of things. And actually, you know, I went, initially went to college, uh, to, to play baseball. Um, and I, I I was a lefty, so they, they put me on, on the pitcher's mound and first base. And yeah, so I, I played a bit in, in college and then that's when I really actually kind of, you know, I was a bit tired because I, you know, I came from an all right family, but we weren't, you know, mom and dad had pretty much said, go figure out life. Uh, you know, we've, we've done a good job in taking that care of you. Now it's your turn. Uh, so, you know, I, I was tired, you know, and I got to the point where I knew I wasn't going to be necessarily, you know, go make the majors or anything like that. And that part of my life had kind of run its course and I was ready to, uh, you know, to, start making money because I was just then a student athlete. So I got heavily in, you know, to music, um, hmm. and being a DJ, but we'll, we'll, we'll circle back on that point. Cause I know we want to touch a little bit more on that, oh, yeah. but you know, let's just say I was, you know, and, and oh, I guess we'll talk about it more now, but you know, that was the time when actually people still played vinyl and oh, yeah. Yeah. turntables with techniques and the like, and, you know, it wasn't like now where you can show up with the USB and say, I'm ready to play. You know, you had to, like, you, had to, you know, you can crates upon crates of records and all kinds of, you know, this was not like it is the EDM glory days it is right now with people making millions of dollars. You know, you were, you were happy to get a couple hundred bucks uh, for the night in a bar tab. Uh, but, you know, and then, and then, you know, but I always had that entrepreneurial side on me. You know, because even with my buddies, we started a little production company and record label mm. and, and it was all independent. You know, I mean, literally we moved 5,000 units cause this was all like deep house music and house music. So, yeah. um, and it definitely wasn't nearly as trendy as it is now where you hear it in court, you know, the type of beats incorporated in, into pop music. But yeah, then I got to a point where I was just, you know, I, I still had to finish my undergrad. I was kind of tired. I, you know, I was doing all right. I was making money and living being a DJ, but you know, I was, it was definitely a struggle, you know, so much was great, so much was bad. Um, and I was ready, you know, I was tired of being a starving artist. And at that point I, I, I was living in Dallas, um, cause I got out of East Texas as fast as one could get. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, you know, great. You know, there's some foundations now that it installed in me that I appreciate in life, but it was definitely, you know, that bubble's a little too small uh, for my liking. And then, yeah, so fast forward, I was in San Diego um, with, you know, a, a bunch of friends. And I kind of got to that point where I was like, all right, I'm ready to, you know, I'm tired of being a starving artist. I want to go back to school, kind of figure out some things. And that's when I moved back to Texas and I actually went to school for hospitality management because I thought, oh, oh I want to open a bar, a club, a restaurant, you know, something like that. And then okay. slowly but surely found out that, you know, like within the f- 
first year or two, 90% of restaurants fail. And within the first five years, it's like 95% fail. So I was like, all right. And then, you know, I was kind of deciding. And I, I came to a point where I was like, all right, I want a little bit more, you know, paper behind me for to beef up my resume. And, you know, that was either going to um, get my MBA or go to law school. Uh, like I said, at, at that point, I was the only one in my family that had no one. Well, my mother had graduated college after going late, but, you know, my sisters and siblings and nobody had and much less go, gone on to a graduate degree. Um, so, yeah, it was down between MBA and law school. And believe it or not, it was all decided by a flip of a coin. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, you know, I had gotten feedback, you know, from friends, family, everything in between. And it was, yeah, it was just one of those where I said, Hey, you know, let's, let's see where fate takes us. And, and it, 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 the route was, you know, the coin landed on heads and it was law school. Okay. Um, and you know, I kind of, when I first got into law school, I, I actually went back on my sports path. I went to a school in Florida um, and they had, uh, thankfully got a scholarship and they had a sports law program. Well, unfortunately I got there and found out that was a, a little bit better on paper than in practice. And, uh, you know, I think I was talking to like one of the, uh, people that they said they had internships and this was during the very first semester, first year of law school. And they were like, you know, and it was, it was one a football organization. They were like, yeah, we haven't had an intern in three years. So I was just like, and you know, and, that, and thankfully that, that person did give me some insight and said, look, I know you may be passionate about sports and sports law, but he was like, I'll be honest with you. If you don't know an athlete or an agent, it's a very tough nut to crack and you'll wind up doing compliance somewhere in the university or something to that nature. Mm -hmm. So that got my wheels and turning. And, you know, I, I knew from the jump, I never wanted to be a litigator. I never wanted to step foot in a courtroom. Um, it was all about, you know, business and, you know, but what sector of business am I going to get into? You know, because I, I liked even in, you know, when I was doing the music stuff, I was the one of my friends always like, coordinating the events, you know, with the uh -huh. venue, bringing in the guest DJ, you know, setting up vendors and handling all the business aspect of a lot of things, you know, while in still enjoying the creative side of it. But, you know, I was always finding myself on the business side of things. And yeah, so that's when I, you know, I said, hey, let's start seeing what, inter you know, at that point I didn't, entertainment laws, it's a very broad term when it comes down to it. There's so many different, you know, avenues and, and ways that you can be involved in quote unquote entertainment law. But I just started flooding my resume um, all over, you know, Florida, definitely all over California, New York, um, you know, and, and just, and luckily I, I got an internship that after my first year with Sony pictures, oh. um, so I was super stoked and at least I was in Jacksonville, Florida at the time. And this was in LA. Yeah. So I, I went ahead and I, uh, you know, took a jump and got on. It was, I actually found my roommates at the time through Craigslist. Didn't know him from Adam. Um, 
and moved into them on a like three month short term lease just because that was how long the the internship was. But then I also that's when I started exploring the law schools out here in L.A. Oh. Um, and I came across Southwestern Law School. It's kind of the uh, redheaded stepchild compared to USC, UCLA of the world. But uh, mm-hmm. um, at the same time, it's um, it has a very, very strong entertainment program, mm. entertainment law program. And, and the good thing is it's a really built-in community that they kind of, you know, they know we're the, you know, we're the underdog. So, and the, but there's tons of people from Southwestern Law School that are in the entertainment industry. So we look out for one another a lot of times, you know, oh, okay. alumni wise. And like I said, it, it, it's one of only a few schools that has like a, a very well-built entertainment law program. So, you know, anybody who's out there in law that's kind of interested, they, and you're already, even if you're already in law school, they actually have an extension program or, you know, you can, you can get involved with, but it does have some, give you some good foundations. Mind you, what I do day to day, I didn't learn too much from law school, believe it or not. <laughs> it was more so just kind of getting in there, rolling, rolling up your sleeves. Sure. Um, but yeah, luckily I, I actually transferred out to Southwestern law school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I, you know, so I, I literally, it was one of those things. I had a week before school starts and all my stuff was in storage in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> I'm living out here. And, uh, I'm like, I call Southwestern. I'm like, Hey, we kind of start school in a week and I got to move across country. And they were finally like, yes, you're, you're in. So, um, hightailed it, you know, drove with a bike, you know, loaded up my stuff, had it shipped over and, you know, it was fun. Did a little cross country trip with a buddy of mine. We, we did nice. New Orleans, Dallas and Vegas. Um, uh, so, uh, it was, and then LA for, uh, but, uh, and yeah, from there it was just really, you know, to me, it, it really turned in about networking and, and just hustling in that way. I was never that student that was, you know, top of the class or, or anything of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, you know, I was in the middle of a row, maybe a little above, but, um, you know, when it came to law school. But I knew and I felt that, hey, it's, you know, and I quickly learned it's, you know, grades can be great. But if you're not at that creme de la creme, it's like rolling up your sleeve, getting internships, networking, rubbing as many elbows and just really working hard. Um, and I was able to get, you know, internships along the way. And then in my final year of law school, I actually got with a company they were known uh, I am global. They don't, they don't exist anymore, but at the time they, um, had a very strong influence of helping launch paranormal activity. Uh, the, the franchise uh, may or may not be familiar with, but just to give you, it, it was one of those phenomenons the, the, the original, the first one now Paramount handles it. And I think they've done like nine or 10. It's one of those horror franchises, you know, they've just milked the deck. Uh, but, uh, but rightfully so, because the first one, it actually was only made for $12,500, but grossed over 200 million worldwide. Um, so, uh, and that they were doing sales and distribution and, you know, talk to to the aspect that and and, and mainly in international markets. And that's when I really started learning how independent films are, are financed, you know, these, and 
And when I say independent films, those are films that are not necessarily financed and produced by the studios. Now, they may eventually be distributed by a studio, but this is all financed through independent sources, whether that's, um, you know, uh, a rich uncle writing a check, <laughs> you know, <laughs> a hedge fund. Um, there's, you know, some, you get bank loans and there's things of that nature. So I started learning about um, uh, really diving in about international sales and, and, and learning how, you know, films that, you know, go well here in the U.S. don't always translate overseas, mm. you know, especially, especially comedy. Comedy and dramas tend to be lost in translation the most, you know, just because, you know, what we find funny, you know, somebody, you know, in, in Asia, you know, it may go right over their head or, you know, whatever. Same thing with drama, you know, what... <laughs> What the average American worries about <laughs> the rest of the world might be like, yeah, that's not a problem. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it, and and I just started learning that. And then from there, I went, I was with, and that was about two years. I, I stayed with that company about two years, you know, graduated law school, passed the bar. Thankfully, it was a, a one and done scenario. I don't know nice. if I could have, I could have taken that bad boy twice. Um and was fortunate enough, you know, I went in and house with a production company that was producing and financing films. So that's when I started learning more about the production and finding even more so about the financing aspects. Um, and then it was about five years into my career that I had, you know, worked and got enough network. And like I said, always having that entrepreneurial spirit, I never really wanted to work for someone. I wanted to work with someone or someone's. So that's when I ventured out and launched my own firm. Um, and I was, you know, I had kind of this big fish client that was doing sales and distribution and, you know, and, and was their head of president in business and legal affairs. And, and, uh, you know, that's when like, yeah, I just started you know, learning even more and more and just getting more involved. And, and yeah, that's when I started, you know, and then it was probably about three or four years ago where I've started wearing that, you know, executive producer hat more, you know, when it comes into structuring the financing, maybe bringing in financing through my network, um, bringing in sales and distribution through my network in, yeah. And then, I mean, man, it's, it's almost been seven years now. So, uh, and you know, I've been able to keep the lights on and, <laughs> and yeah. And then in that time, you know, I went from, uh, a footloose fancy free guy running around LA to, um, getting married and, 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 and in that, in that, you know, that part of life, I became an insta dad. And my my wife has uh, uh, three amazing children from a former former marriage, and so yeah, I stepped right into insta dad role. Um, and then, uh, you know, we've we've since had our um, uh, we've been married what almost six years now. Uh, and it's eight eight sixteen. So thankfully, eight plus eight equals sixteen. That was a good one. <laughs> yeah, um, it was our, our the um, eight eight was when our grandparents got married. So oh, we wanted okay. to follow that. And since it was two thousand sixteen, I was like, cool. I'll never forget 
Uh, eight plus eight equals 16. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And then we, we have a five-year-old and, um, she keeps me on my toes and definitely has daddy wrapped around their little finger. I mean, mom won't (laughs) say I need more of a backbone when it comes to her, but (laughs) she's the one, she always wins in negotiations. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's hands down. Like, I don't know. It's like, uh, that's one negotiation I, I never fare well on. And and it's funny. She actually does negotiate with me. She really? Does. Oh, yeah. I'll throw out a scenario when it's, well, how about this? <laughs> you know, how about we go play at this, then I eat, and then I'll go to bed. <laughs> well, here, let me, oh, let me offer this to you, Joseph. Something that has served me well with Mike. I have three as well. That's fact, these are mine back here. But, um... One thing that kids feel like they never get in life are options. They're always told what to do. So whenever possible, give her options, but make them options that you can live with. So for instance, I would often Mm -hmm. get pushback from my kids when it came to brushing their teeth and they would try and get out of it. So rather than asking the child, do you want to brush your teeth or not? Well, one of those scenarios I don't like, I would say, do you want to brush your teeth now or in two minutes? So I can live with both of those. Now, understand, when you (laughs) put the time limit option on there, they will always choose the later one. Just understand. I'm pretty sure. But as long as there are options you can live with, you're golden. (laughs) And she'll always come back to me now. How about five minutes? Because I'm five years old. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you you could certainly negotiate those things. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, uh, but no, that's, that's, that's very, uh, very true. I like that. I like that. Keep it in mind that, yeah, the option needs to be something like you said, uh, I can actually live with and, and, um, it's still within the, the boundary zone, I, I guess, so to speak. But, uh, Absolutely. yeah, so it's, you know, and, and yeah, it's, you know, like you said, you know, thankfully, yeah, it was a little crazy at first in 2020 when the pandemic hit but mm-hmm. luckily you know I, I i work with a lot of resourceful people a lot of people that you know know how to get stuff done and you know and more you know and that's one thing in this this business is you got to be you know in all business you got to be solution oriented when the problem comes you know you can't be like, oh, well, you know, be all dramatic and worrisome about the problem, even though, don't get me wrong, even I do that some, you know, some days, but you're better off just kind of taking that deep breath, letting the emotion fade out and start figuring out solutions because there's always a solution to a problem. Now, the solution may not be one you necessarily like or you want to be. <laughs> You I was thinking it, the but, same thing, but you know, there, there's a solution out there somehow, some way. And, you know, I think if you really, yeah. Um, and, 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 and I think for the most part, there's, there's usually, even if you don't like the solution, there's a happy medium that, you know, yeah, you, even myself, you know, it's like, yeah, sometimes I have to give on stuff. I don't really want to, but there's also a bigger picture. Always. You got to keep in mind. And, um, that's one thing in, especially in the entertainment industry that I, I felt before are, are quite short-sighted. Um, really? Yeah. They, you know, they don't tend to look at, you know, people get excited about that one deal, that one picture, you know, or that whatever. And, and I get it, especially if it's your like kind of first time in the ring, but you know, ultimately, and you know, you, you see people just do some 
pretty crazy things sometimes and, you know, and, and act, act out of character or, you know, you think it's out, you would hope it's out of character, uh, <laughs> just because, you know, they get so wrapped up and, you know, it's like, I, I tell everybody, I was like the likelihood of you, you know, retiring off of one deal is, is, it's slim to none. You know, it's usually a multitude of things or, you know, sure. Maybe it sets you up quite well, but you know, it's a needle in a haystack when you really hit that one deal that, that sets you up for life. You know, it's usually yeah. a culmination of factors and, and, you know, as time goes on and progressing in, in multiple deals that help you kind of really set up that nest egg and, and that, but, uh, you know, so that's why it's, you know, always, you know, try to, to keep that in mind and, and not get too, you know, because it's all of a sudden, you know, especially in the, Indian, in the industry, you're going to work with a lot of the, and come across a lot of the same people or a lot of the same people right. that know the same people, you know, it's, uh, especially in Hollywood, you know, it's, it's a big little town in some, sometimes. And, right. and by all means, you know, in, in, in any industry, especially this one, your, your word and your trust factor are huge because that's the other problem about entertainment. It's a low barrier entry to, you know, all you need is, is, is a, not even a, I mean, a Kinko's nearby and you can become a producer because you can put it on a business card. You know, who really says you're not a producer, um, you know, and, and so it just, you know, it, it, and it's a, you know, it's a sexy and exciting industry and, 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 you know, yeah, you can make really good money in this side of things and have a lot of fun doing it. So it, at times though, brings in quite the cast of characters, um, sure. no pun intended there, but, uh, yeah. And, 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 uh, but, uh, you know, it, all in all, yeah, I, yeah, this was not something where I, you know, like, you, you know, kind of going back to the forefront. Yeah. It's not something I really set out in life to do. Uh, I didn't wake up and, you know, thinking I was going to be, you know, an attorney, especially in film. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I, if you would have told me that at 16, 18, I'd have been like, huh, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, it's, it's been a cool, fun path and, you know, and there's still, you know, it's just like, yeah, as I'm, you know, getting more into more things. There's, there's things I'm looking to set up that actually are a bit, you know, bigger. And we'll tell you, I can touch on this later, you know, that it actually kind of take me to another level in the industry that I'm kind of, that's the, okay. the next goal. Um, okay. you know, uh, that's been, well, I guess the goal I've been working on for a little while now, but, uh, okay. Um, Is that something you can talk more about? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, essentially, you know, it's getting wearing that EP hat, um, and, and more so managing my own money, my own facility. Um, and, and things are, you know, in the works, knock on wood, you know, it's something that it's not locked solid a hundred percent, but looking very positive and if all goes well and by May, I'll, um, me and a couple of partners we'll have a facility where we're actually financing films. Um, wow, that's great. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of been the goal over the last three, four years, you know, as I've learned more and, and created my network, it's like, you know, look, I like being an attorney. It's, it's, you know, it's led me and opened so many doors. I never knew I could open, but it's like I said, it's, you know, 
to me, it was a little bit more of a means to an end, you know, to see what other doors I could break down and how I could elevate my, you know, my life and, and what I'm doing in this. And yeah, the next step, once I, you know, I was, you know, like I said, I started about three or four years ago, unfortunately, though, but trying to raise money um, to uh, deploy on films. And unfortunately, there was, you know, I was having some good success overseas in, in Asia and China specifically, but then the world hit. <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, there was the trade war that didn't help the Hong Kong riots. Then there was COVID and that kind of shut everything down. But, um, now I found some new partners and they're here locally and mm. it looks like, you know, uh, again, you know, it's one of those things I, 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 even if contracts are signed until money's in the bank, you uh, know, yeah, that's, yeah. that's when it's yeah. real. So, uh, but it, it's looking like it's all going on the right path and, and hopefully that'll be solidified in May. So okay, um, great. Well, I want to mention to everybody, some of the films that you have helped bring to life. So, uh, these are in no particular order, uh, Call Jane, which had uh, Elizabeth Banks and Sigourney Weaver in it. Uh, now this one, let's see, this one is The Card Counter. It had Tiffany Haddish, Willem Dafoe in it. Uh, Oscar Bassett Isaac. Club. Was that? Oscar Isaac was the lead in that one. He actually killed Oscar it. Oscar Isaac. Um, yeah, he was very good. But um, And then there was The uh, Assassin Club, uh, Henry Golding, uh, Sam Neill in that yeah, film. Yeah. Uh, let's see, we've got... To the Bone with Keanu Reeves and Lily Collins. Yeah, that was a very good one. And let's see, The the Vanished, which had Thomas Jane and Anne Heche. Mm -hmm. So those are several that you've done in recent years that you've helped bring about. And it just totally blows me away. Now, I was talking with Alia about this a while back. You've had some stuff that, have, that has done particularly well on streaming services, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking specifically of Netflix, but it doesn't have to be just Netflix. But like you've had something that was, I can't remember. I think she said it was like up to number two streaming on Netflix. Yeah, that was the, the Vanished was, was yeah, it, it, it stayed up there in, in the top five for a little while when it first um, hit the, hit that platform. So uh, that was that was really cool. And then, uh, and then uh, it, yeah, I actually recently had it, in it there's... Um, the, the to the bone went to Netflix, and that was quite a success story in the sense that we made it for a little under four million and sold it for eight million. Nice. So that's uh, that's always always a good feeling when you. And not to mention that the film was was really good. Um, it yeah. was one that touched on. Uh, um, it was uh, eating disorders. Um, oh, essentially. Lily Collins um, and the writer director. It was it was influenced by her own uh, life. Uh, her name is uh, Marty Knoxon, re really really talented woman. But um, and and uh, like I said, that was dealing with eating disorders. Uh, in a nutshell, Lily Collins had the eating disorder. Um, Keanu Reeves played this kind of unconventional doctor that had like house essentially and and kids with eating disorders would live there and you know he would help them throughout and he kind of had this you know a little bit of a tough love style but mm -hmm. you know obviously very heavy subject matter 
But Marty did such a great job of just throwing in enough like comedic elements, you know, little dark comedy quips here and there that, you know, it, it, it brought light and, you know, yeah, mind you, I was far from the target audience on it. And, uh, but you know, she, like I said, did a great job of, 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 you know, bringing those elements that kept it lighthearted and kept it like a good, you know, engaging story throughout where you were just like, you know, cause like, I can't lie. Sometimes I watch some of those really heavy dramatic movies and you know, you know, you get a little squirmy and uncomfortable yeah. you know, and, and intense and hard to watch, you know, yeah. um, the empath in me comes out, you know, <laughs> uh, but, but I, I, yeah, that was, that was a fun one. Uh, so is that kind of the direction the industry seems to be going in right now, especially since you are focused more on the independent film side of things? Is it, is it easier to get in with like a streaming service versus like a traditional uh, production house, you know, like, like a Paramount or somebody like that? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yes and no. You know, I mean, the good thing is, is what it's really done for independent films is there's just now so many more outlets. You know, there's so many more places you can go get your film scene compared to like, yeah, you have to go to these like six or seven like outlets, you know, for the most part. Um, so that's, you know, it's still just as tough because now, especially now where the streamers are starting to act like, like studios and, and really develop and produce their own content, yeah. you know. But again, you just... You know, now not only like, yeah, you have these like big studio distributors, right? But you also, you always had the mom and pop distributors. No differently in the streaming side. You have the big boys of the world like Amazon, Netflix, but you also have the kind of the smaller houses. Um, and, you know, so it gives, just gives you lots of outlets and, and um, which I think is exciting. And then, you know, even more so, I think even with, you know, that's, the one thing about theaters that, that, you know, everybody was like, oh, you know, the streamers going to do this, but actually for independent films in ways, it's, it's, it's kind of helped too, because, you know, the big boys there are, are putting their studio movies in theaters, but they're running them to, to, you know, their streaming services faster. So it opens more slots in the theaters and, and sometimes the theater chains too, are like, they're just as keen bringing in the higher quality independent films because they know that they can usually stay a little bit longer or, you know, and, um, but, uh, but, you know, I, to me, yeah, the, the, the streaming, it's still difficult to get in with streamers, but it just has brought a lot more opportunity in general for people to be able to, you know, get their film made and see. So I think it's great. Now, do you find it challenging to develop a brand living in Hollywood? And when I'm talking about a brand, I'm talking about Joseph's brand. Um, definitely starting out. Yeah. You know, this is, it can be a very cold city. You know, when I first moved out here, you know, going back to my DJ world, you know, uh, you always get that. You know, a lot of people who aren't from LA, you know, you get that, oh, it's a very pretentious city, which that is, you know, and <laughs> I came here to DJ once and the promoter was just acting like he did me the biggest favor in the world. 
you know, and mm-hmm. it just really rubbed me the wrong way. So I was always like, when it came to DJ gigs, I was always kind of shunned on LA, you know, and, and it just put a bad taste in my mouth. So I never, in that music world, I never really developed relationships out here. Now I had some in San Diego and a few other areas, but yeah, when I moved out here, I didn't, I didn't know anybody. I had one guy who was, you know, he was acquaintance friend, I would say, you know, and he wasn't, he was more involved in the tech industry. So, you know, it was, it was, it was quite a, a, a um, a tough one, you know, after a while and took some adjustment to get, to get mm-hmm. to, you know, because of not having a stable, you know, network or any family or any real friends. But, you know, what I, what I did learn that like people in LA can be quite lazy uh, <laughs> at times, mm-hmm. you know, and I, um, I, I, I think just because, you know, I don't know if it's really lazy, but it's also distracted, um, yeah. you know, just because of the glitz and glamour and the beautiful sunshine in the beach and all that, you know, that makes you want to go outside instead of sitting at your <laughs> desk and doing what you need to do. Uh, but it also, you know, and it, it also, I also learned though, too, it's like, if you do work hard and you're real and you're genuine, it'll come, you know, and it, it, it's not going to come overnight, but it's going to come honestly the way it needs to, because you're going to, you know, it's like, yeah, you're going to have your, you know, I had my ups and downs, but it learned, it helped me learn how to filter out, you know, certain relationships that were a waste of time. And, you know, because that's the thing, like everybody, you know, everybody's, a lot of people are hustling out here in LA to try to come up, you know, and some of them are really, you know, truly trying to put in that effort. And some people are just trying to half-ass it and sorry, but, you know, and jump just as fast as they can uh, and, and, and not really, you know, um, just kind of being fake and phony about it all. So, you know, I, I, I just learned if, I don't. I don't know that the fake and phony is exclusive to uh, to your industry. Oh no! (laughs) Yeah, I don't think so. Not at all. That's in every every sector, at least to a degree. Um, You know, but it 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 is one of those things where, yeah, if you you know if you are true and genuine, and you just take the time and don't expect things to come to you, go get them. You know, you can develop your 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 brand out here and um you know you just got to stay persistent um you you know and especially if you know i mean luckily i'm on the business side so you know even more so on the creative side you know because Mm -hmm. um and look i even on the business side i've gotten you know like i said i've been trying to raise money for three or four years i've walked and tried to kiss a lot of frogs in this (laughs) (laughs) You know, looking for that prince or princess to pop out, but you know, it's 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 something I want. It's it's gonna happen. Um, mm-hmm. It just hasn't yet, but in due course, it's uh, it's all gonna come together. Um, for sure, for sure. So let's talk a little bit more about the relationship side of things, because as you might imagine, on this podcast, we talk a lot about relationships, both what's going on in our personal lives and then how that translates into our professional lives. So let me ask you, 
What is it that you're doing right now that's helping you improve or make better your most significant relationships and how do those impact your business? Mm. Well, at the end of the day, my, I mean, look, when it, you know, I, I know it's the cliche answer, but you know, the family relationship is far and above, you know, like the most important and you know, it, uh, and yeah, that's the one, you know, but at the same time, it's, it's probably one of the hardest ones to, to manage, um, <laughs> just because, you know, it's like, you're, you know, you, I want to keep elevating in business, obviously want to keep earning so I can, you know, take care of the family, um, <laughs> much less, you know, and, 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 and that's on into my years. Um, you know, so it, it is quite a challenge sometimes, but what I've really, you know, and it, it, I can't do it all the time, but what I've really tried to do to manage that part is to, you know, have those hours in the day, especially in the evening to where I, 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 I do try to detach at least from, you know, I usually pick up the little, we pick up the little one around five, but you know, or so, so it's like between five to nine, I, I do my best to detach, um, and, and kind of be present there for him in the moment. Now, you know, don't get me wrong. It doesn't always happen that way, you know, there, right. But you know, that I, I think there's that aspect and, and then, yeah, you know, if that sometimes it requires me working late into the night, you know, to catch up on things, but it's, you know, uh, it's all worth it because yeah, it's like, I'm beyond blessed about the fact that I get in the morning to take my daughter to school. I get in the, you know, get to pick her up in the afternoon. I, you know, my parents didn't always have that. I know so many more parents that, you know, so it's, yeah. And it's, it's, it's just realizing that work is always, you know, it's always going to be there, especially now. It's like, <laughs> I, I mean, ever since COVID, people in time barriers and <laughs> days, you know, nobody cares anymore, you know. Anymore, <laughs> I, I had been used to it dealing in international business, you know, I'd wake up oh, sure. 40 emails, um, you know, which, yeah, is, is never fun. But, uh, you know, talk about a panic attack at 7.30 in the morning when you're just like, oh my goodness, the day I'm new. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it, it's, 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 uh, you know, cause business is happening 24 seven nowadays. And so you just, you know, it's always going to be there. And what I've also, you know, because there was a, there was an actual, time, um, uh, I guess it was September of 2020 where, you know, I think the stress of the pandemic just coming on. And like I said, I actually got really busy that summer. In in, mm. in in going into that fall, I, I was just like to where, and then plus I was, you know, we had to stay at home all the time. So there weren't those distractions to get me out of the house as much. So I was work, 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 work. And, you know, and, and plus you were, you were like the family was all around. So you didn't make as much time because they were always there. You know, it's just like you, you, you kind of, you know, that's what I, I noticed after a minute. It was just like, oh, you know, you kind of took advantage. They're always there, but you're, you're not really there. Right. And then started. And then that's when I, uh, a buddy of mine, he's French and he, he, he said, oh, well, 
back in March, I implemented retirement Fridays, uh, very rich, rich ass. And I was like, huh? He's like, yeah, I don't work on Fridays now. He goes, you know, or very minimal, um, mm-hmm. just to have that one day where I'm detached, I can breathe. I can, you know, I, I can let it go. So even more so I can enjoy the weekend with the family. Um, so, and I can get a lot of personal stuff done or get out, you know, my personal headspace, take care of that and then in, enjoy the weekend. And then plus he was like, look, if a deal has it closed on Friday, nine times out of 10, it can wait until Monday, which was kind of true, you know, especially right then in the pandemic where everything was just running slower, moving slower. And, you know, so, um, that was a, you know, a big changing point in the way I just started looking at things and, and, and really starting, you know, for my own mental health, for the mental health of my family, just, you know, really starting to, you know, manage. And like I said, work to take those hours out of the day where, I, I, I put it all down and I put it away, you know, that's great. Um, so, so that kind of leads into my next question and that is uh, talking about habits. And that's something that I ask all of my interviewees. What is one habit that you believe since we were talking about entrepreneurs earlier that you believe entrepreneurs must have genuineness. Okay. You gotta be genuine. And in the fact that because you know, especially when entrepreneurs, because investors nine times out of 10 aren't investing in the product. They're investing in the people. Yes. They're investing in you. That's right. So if you're not genuine, if you over promise and under deliver, you're, you're going to be toast really quick. And, and no matter what industry you're in, it's, it's, you know, the people who are really doing things, it's a small network. So, you know, and, and word can travel quite fast, especially if you're trying to operate at a higher lab level. Yeah. Um, yeah. so I, I, I think it's just, you know, being genuine and, and knowing your strengths and weaknesses in that genuineness, um, you know, so it allows you to, to know where, like I said, where, where you need support because of your weaknesses and who to team up with, you know? And, and again, just, you know, going back, I think being genuine will retract, will attract that same energy. So you deal with people that are, are the same way. And, and if, if not, if you are genuine, hopefully, you know, enough, you, your spidey sense kicks in soon enough to, to, to tell you that, uh, the person you're dealing with may be not not quite as there uh, as you you know may be. I mean, don't get me wrong. We've all you know I've 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 made some bad bets on folks you know and and lived and learned. Um, but you know it's it's we all you know it's it's like the old saying goes. It's how you grow from those mistakes. What you learn. How what you change. You know. Um, well, you know, to me, it's I know. This is almost anathema to say it anymore, but using the words, uh, you know, failing and failure. I talk about that with some frequency on this podcast because I think there's a big difference between those two things. Uh, Failing means I tried something new, I didn't do it right, and I have an opportunity to learn from it. Mm. Failure, on the other hand, is a state of being. It's an active choice to stay stuck Mm. 
and not move forward. And so I ask people all the time, and I have included my kids in this, how did you fail today? That means you tried something new. Mm. I mean, I want to hear that, mm. you know, but we're, we're so ingrained as kids, you know, I don't want to get into our educational system, but that's certainly part of it where it's all based on these grades and somehow the grades, the higher the grade, the better you are as a person, the lower the grade, the lesser you are as a person. But I can tell you as someone who did very well in school, just because I had the ability to do well in school, it doesn't mean I learned anything. Mm. Regurgitating mm. stuff is right. not learning. The only way we learn is by making mistakes. That's the only way. Yeah. No, it's you can't learn if you don't try something new. Yeah, yeah. No, even with, you know that even with with, with the kids, like when they, you know, you, you made a good point. It's like when they they say I can't or make an excuse. You know, it's like no, no, no. You can. You're choosing. You're choosing not to. You know, um, and that's a lot of people. You know, do even you know adults. Yeah, it's 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 very true. A lot of times, you know, yeah, the failure aspect, you're choose, you know, you're, you're choosing that, uh, not all the times, you know, but a lot of times it's a, you know, a lot of people are making these, um, unconscious choices that they, you know, un un unfortunately are setting them up for failure, um, at, at times, but, um, but yeah, definitely, uh. Yeah, definitely with the kids. It's it's a especially teenagers, as I'm sure mm -hmm. you you know oh, that yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> so, if someone watches and or listens to this particular interview, and they're like, "Hey, I want to know more about Joseph and what he's doing, what his company's up to," where can folks find you? Um, you know, uh, LinkedIn. I'm connected there. Instagram, uh, and yeah, actually something uh you know that's coming in to you know i talked about uh one of my goals but actually this is something that is 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 i'm launching with a couple of other fellow attorneys that are like myself very small boutique independent practices we're actually going to team up um and start a new firm uh called convergence media law so uh that one's going to definitely now that one will definitely launch just because it's it, it thankfully it doesn't take millions and millions of dollars to raise to do so and uh, <laughs> but uh no it's really good it's it, it's some very you know I, I have um three other uh partners at the moment that are joining uh one heavily uh, focuses heavily in music mm. um his name is Kamal Moo uh, uh our other fellow Nick Burnett he's very much in the TV world does a lot oh. in mergers and acquisitions corporate um, and then, uh, the final one, her name is Iman Mezion. She's, uh, she lives here, but she's actually, I mean, goodness, she knows like, I think six or seven different languages. She's a uh, French Algerian. So, um, very much in the international market and, you know, helpful in that and just a smart, brilliant mind. So we're all forming, um, uh, uh, a, a firm together and grouping up to, you know, to kind of spread our wings a little bit and, and grow. And we've, we've worked individually together on different projects. So it's just all kind of made sense to come together. So yeah, that's gonna, it's, uh, the, the website on that one to be, uh, it should launch in May, um, nice. is convergence-ml.com. So writing that down. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's convergence-ml.com. So that's definitely where you'll learn and find more about me. And then, you know, they'll we're going to be, you know, obviously you'll learn what kind of ways we can help legally, but it, uh, like I said, we're all, we're all kind of uh, cut from the same cloth and being more entrepreneurial attorneys. So, mm. you know, that's one thing we pride ourselves on. We're, we're not just like the legal people that are there to push paper. You know, yeah. we help our clients strategize and, and, and really try to build and grow with whatever they're doing. Um, you know, and find different ways through our networks to, to help them grow or, you know, put projects together, whatever it may be, um, you know, instead of just kind of saying, okay, you need me to draft this agreement. Great. Bye. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, 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 and so very, very excited to be launching that. So that'll have all, uh, you know, good press accolades. We'll be doing blogs and, you know, good information out there, especially for folks that are involved in music and film. Nice. Okay. Well, I can't wait to see that go live and to check more into that. Um, cause I'll be, I'll be staying on top of that, seeing what you guys oh. are up to. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that, that I have found dealing with folks as, as a coach on the business side of things, many who are really good at what they do, the business side, they tend to not be as good at. Mm. And one area that I've seen far too many entrepreneurs do very poorly at is in the area of marketing themselves, specifically in the area of video. Mm. Uh, and I realize I'm preaching to the choir right now because that is your world. I get that. I get that. But that's your world in long bits. When I'm saying in short bits, mm -hmm. I would encourage you and your partners on a regular basis right here. Get used to recording yourself. Put stuff out there all the time, all the time. Talking about what yeah. you're doing, seriously. Now, I know there's certain things you can't talk about legally. I'm not talking about that. Mm -hmm. You can talk about the business without talking about somebody else's stuff. You know, just- Yeah, no, you know, it's- It's important. No, you know, and I've, it's one of those things, you know, I, I totally agree with you, you know, even as, um, as much as sometimes I do just, despise social media at times. I, I get it. It's just one of those necessary but, evils. evils. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And look, let's be real. It, it has, you know, for as much damage as it's done, it's done plenty of good for people. Yes. And, you absolutely. know, and, and, and so I, I, I still think the, the pros outweigh the cons when it comes down to it, but no, you know, it's, I, I have, it's one of those things I've been telling myself for a while, like, yeah, doing, you know, because it's, uh, but you have yet to, you know, the per procrastination in this all, uh, <laughs> it's uh, what I'm still dealing with, but yeah, you know, it's like, I've always thought about like doing like little two to five minute clips of just a little legal, generalized legal tidbit for people. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, even tips for the day or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah. you know. Um, so, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully this will this will spur me to to actually come through with it. And um, because, yeah, I, I did think about it, you know it'd be one because, quite honestly, uh, you know that's what I loved about uh, you know I, I I believe you connected with my wife on Clubhouse. That's what I actually <laughs> you know even though I haven't been on there nearly as much. But that's what I really loved about Clubhouse was going on there to actually 
give people information, especially in this world, because it's very much, you know, there's a wall, there's a ceiling and, <laughs> you know, it's like, and there's not a lot of information out there. Uh, especially when, you know, it comes to really financing films and putting stuff together and, and just even more so doing it in a way that you are protecting yourself legally and, you know, all the way around because there's so many legal pitfalls you can, you know, just by being friendly and collaborative that you can wind up into if you don't have yeah. agreements in this and that in place properly. Um, you know, that's what I really loved about Clubhouse was just going on there and, and mm. being able to give back real information and at the same time learn information, you know, but un unfortunately I just got too busy and then, uh, uh, and I will say a lot of times, Rooms would turn into people, you know, talking about themselves more. And I'm like, okay, can we move on so somebody else can ask a question? And we can actually, you know, I'm saying a good back uh, to the to the community of people that are sitting here listening to us. So. That's right. That's right. Well, listen, we're coming up to our wrap up time, so which gets us to our final four, which I told right. you about before we started. And it's just going to tell you, ask you four quick questions. Just tell me the first thing that pops in your head. All right. So question number one, why did God create Joseph or what's your purpose? in the Whoosh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I start out with the loaded one. I always start out with the loaded one. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would, I, you know, I, I can't lie in some ways. I'm, I'm still discovering that. I think. Good. I like think, that. Um, you know, I, I don't, I, I think in up until the day I die, I'll be in some ways to, you know, you're in some ways always discovering that. Um, but you know, what I've learned so far is I, I, I've been here. I definitely know my purpose is to help connect people in my own uh -huh. subtle ways. Yeah. Um, and, and, and try to do so on a real basis and not an opportunistic basis. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and you know, going back to that, the genuine character I, I mentioned and yeah. you know also I, I think one of my you know look I do feel strongly that one of my purposes in you know was bringing was married when I married all and entered into a you know I never found myself you know I was always oh you gotta you can't marry any kids you're like, you know, you got to start the whole thing and do it on your own, you know. But um, I, 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 I do feel that we were all brought together for one, me to appreciate family more and two, to help them, you know, because look, unfortunately, my wife and her ex-husband, they had a, you know, very volatile relationship. And yes, you know, they did. And, and, and I, I think to some degree, I was, we were all meant to be together just so. You know, thankfully, her and I have a quite loving relationship. That's what I did, the family I come from. My mom and dad are still together after 50 plus years. I love hearing that. And, you know, and, and I think some degree we brought together and I was brought into all their lives to to show that, yeah, you know, it's it, it there there can be. um, And then, you know, at the same time, it taught me like, you, you know, things don't always have to be this conventional way that society may construct you in. Um, and, and I think that's, you know, one of the things everybody deals with on a daily basis is because societies expect you to operate in this box, but 
you just got to be you and operate you, you know, and, um, and don't worry always about those societal pressures and norms. So yeah, you know, that's, that's just, uh, you know, and like I said, hopefully, you know, and I feel one of my purposes, like very lighthearted guy. I don't think take things too serious. So I think one of my purposes is to help people remind, you know, don't get so heavily caught up in day to day. Enjoy life. Enjoy your family. Enjoy those moments. We all do it. I do it. I stress out. And then I'm sitting here, wait a minute, what am I freaking out about? I have a roof. I have a loving family and I'm making movies. Like it's right. Like, like it's going to all be okay. You know, yeah. just, uh, you know, God has a plan. You have, I know I have a purpose. I know I'm doing what I need to be doing. And, you know, and, and, and everybody needs to be like that. You know what you need to be doing. Don't let anyone tell you no, well, you know, and, and just keep pushing. What do you like to do for fun? Oh, fun. I, st- I still like to play records. Um, I okay. mean, Jared, you can... See in the background. Very nice. Yeah. Up. So, like that. so that's, that's, that's always, uh, a good, a good fun. And, and, you know, I movie night with my five-year-old, uh, yeah. that's something we regularly do. I will say that'll probably forever. And then, um, you know, not to get cheesy about it, but the, the date night, the sushi nights I get with all of you. You know, that's, uh, there's nothing that's, cheesy about that, man. Cause I was going to ask you about that. It's like, when are you having date night with Alia? Cause it <laughs> needs to be with regularity. Well, I that will, schedule. I will say that's the one thing about, you know, having the older kids built in trusted babysitters. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. That was, that, that was the added bonus to the, it's the dad aspect. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, no. And, 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 you know, that's the, that's an important, you know, speaking of relationships, you know, that's an important thing that we, you know, and I think that's a lot of, you know, um, husbands and wives, they, they do let the kids, you know, and, and, and look, it's, I mean, like I said, we're, we're, we're blessed to have, you know, built in babysitters. So easier said than done on our part, but you know, you've got to find those moments. If not, like, I mean, I've felt it when we haven't found those moments and it starts getting stress and tenseful and that's when, you know, the fights start coming in, you know, so, um, yeah, you just, um, again, there's time. There's always time. There is time. You just gotta weed out some of those other things that really aren't worth your time. Absolutely. Um, What would you say you're most grateful for? Or your top three? I mean, probably on it, my, my parents. Okay. My parents, when it comes down to it, you know, <laughs> they, they, you know, they, they didn't come from, you know, my, my mother, she grew up in a very dysfunctional family. Um, uh, you know, got very married to my dad at very, very young age. Um, and, and he's about seven years older, but, um, and my, my dad came from a well-balanced family, but, you know, never came from really a lot of means. They always worked hard. Mm-hmm. They, and despite like, you know, especially in my, like I was around 18, 19, um, I was making questionable decisions in life. I can't lie, <laughs> but, you know, and, and while they didn't, you know, they didn't necessarily support those decisions all the times, they always had my back, you know, and, and. They always believed in me. They never gave up on me. And 
you know, and like I said, I came from a very loving, nurturing family and like it helped me, you know, it helped me blossom from being in this bubble of, of Henderson, you know, a small East Texas town to be able to go out there and just be like, you know, all right, cool. What's next? Let's, let's do bigger. Let's go. Let's go. You know? So very, that would, that would probably be the number one when it comes down. Okay. Uh, last question. What podcast do you like to listen to? Other than this one, of course. Uh, this one, of course. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I'm like, you know, I mean, I, I'm going to say, my, my, I got to support my wife. I love, I love, you know, I, you know, especially. Oh, promote it. Tell everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So she has a uh, unsugar coated with Alia. You know, she tackles some, uh, has great guests, tackles some really serious subject matter, you know, and things that need to be talked about. And man, she's, she's so much more giving back to people in the world than I am. Like I'm so impressed by her every day. I don't see how she does it sometimes. Uh, um, but it, it, it just amazes me, um, with her, uh, um, and, and what she's been able to accomplish. And like I said, then the lives that she's been able to touch, not only with, Uh I mean, she's had so much more, you know, I've had a cookie cutter life compared to hers. Uh, some, and, and, you know, but it, you know, just seeing her helps motivate me and just makes me want to say do harder and do more so she can just relax and have fun. <laughs> so absolutely. Um, yeah, but yeah, so hers, um, oh man, you know, they, I, I usually find myself in uh, these days, you know, a lot because, uh, just learning more about like, uh, I find myself on like web three and NFT podcast trying to okay. learn, learn more about that world because it's very much, oh something it. I mean, it is. It's all over the place, but it's affecting your world for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. No doubt about that. And, and there, I mean, don't get me wrong. I I think there's some really, really cool and beneficial aspects um, to it. You know, there's a lot of noise in it, you know, right Mm -hmm. now and stuff, but there are, uh, and yeah, it's very exciting to see what that kind of future holds and and the way we'll all. um, It's funny. You mentioned that, uh, I did an episode with a friend of mine, his name is Andy Storch, and he has basically dedicated at least a portion of his life to that over the last year. Mm. And so I did an entire episode with him about like just an introduction to NFTs and what that's all about and just get, making it as simple to understand as possible because I'm still trying to wrap my brain around some of that stuff because some of it just makes no sense to me. Oh, you and me both. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, but I have to go check that out, which is because I love, even if it is like, I just knew, you know, especially now it's like, I love hearing people's, even if it's like you said, you know, kind of elementary, I love hearing their elementary break breakdown because I think it helps you. It's helped me in, in, in learn. So I understand the bigger, so I'm can start grasping the, the bigger concepts. Um, uh, so I, I just love hearing those different perspectives from, from folks, um, in sure. that space. So for sure. Well, listen, Joseph, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate that. I want you to know that. And I know our listeners are going to be so thrilled to be able to hear and enjoy what you've been able to share to get a glimpse into the side of Hollywood and the film industry that we wouldn't normally get mm-hmm. just kind of that, oh, that in. It is an insider, but from kind of from behind the scenes, insider view into what things are like. 
And it's, I have found it extremely educational and you've kind of opened my eyes to an aspect of it that I hadn't thought of before. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, well, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, great, great conversation. I, I, you know, I really love, you know, what you were able to even pull out of me and like what we got <laughs> to talk about and, you know, cause yeah, I, I am, you know, my, my Ollie is always on me because I am, you know, I am a bit reclusive in the promotion and marketing part. So maybe between you and her, I'll, I'll finally get up all, out there a little bit more, you know, I'm, I'm a networker, but I, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I like to stay sometimes too humble. My wife says, <laughs> <laughs> I get that. I get that. Well, thank you for your time. And for those of you who tuned in, thank you for that as well. I want you to know that I am honored that you would choose to spend some of your time with us today because I know it is your most precious resource. So thank you all so much and have a great day. Bye, everybody. Bye Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlett. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.